What's up, ma? Hey, Raja. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Just celebrated another birthday. Happy birthday, Ra. Woo-hoo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And today, the 14th, is, guess what? It's our anniversary. It's our show's one-year anniversary. We've been podcasting now for a year. Yay, a whole year, everyone. We've definitely learned a lot. Um, There's still some more learning to do. I'm excited to evolve and continue hosting this show with you. Yes, so sit back and enjoy. Let's talk about sugar. Talking brown sugar. I'm Angela the mom. How much of the daughter? And, and this, this is, is Talking Brown sugar. sugar. We're diving right into the sugar bowl today where we have some random thoughts or whatever's on your heart. Yes. You know when you get those bills and you say, oh, wow, you know you got to pay them. But wouldn't it be nice to have a nice warm reminder? You know, like when it's cold outside or when you want to cook, turn that air conditioner on. And it could be a voicemail. It could be a nice little cute little note that comes in the mail saying, hey, baby, wouldn't you like to, you know, take a shower? Or, you know, do you have to put something on the crock pot before we cut the shower off? Or before we cut the electric off? Wouldn't that be just the sweetest thing to get before you go in there and it's all black? I guess. Yeah, that could help. I... I try to make most of my bills auto pay if that's an option, you know, to save the $2 that you end up paying again in taxes. Oh, yes. I've tried my best to pay mine ahead and put a little extra on it, too. But it'd be sweet. Sometimes we have that hustle and bustle day. We might say, Dad, did I pay that bill? Even though, you know, when you look at that check, you're like, Dad, I did pay that bill. And then sometimes you don't want to pay that bill. Auto pay. Just auto pay. That's what I do. Some things I might auto pay. And some things I may not. I watched the Dolomite is my name movie. And it was pretty good. It was funny. It was a lot of blackness. Um, We learned a little history about um, Dolomite's communication style. And how that transformed into some of the earlier forms of rap. As we knew it. You know, the story-telling kind of flow. Um, but also loved um, Lady Reed's character and the woman who played her. It was great. All of the way around. Pretty good movie. Um, yeah, it was funny. Heartwoman, a great story from beginning to end. It was just funny. Um, I didn't know when I, what I was getting into when I was watching it. But I was watching it. Um... And um, as I watched it, I was like, oh, this is about the making of the original Dolomite movie, which I have also not seen. Um, But it was a um, black exploitation film a lot of people know about. Yeah, I have some of the old Dolomite movies. I like the how they kept it with the costumes and everything. Eddie Murphy did a good job. It was a delight. And then I was just thinking, too, about um, the new Charlie's Angels and how 
the women playing them. I think I only know one of them. I think it was the girl who played Bella on Twilight. But I've only known her for not um, acting with much emotion or just acting the same in a lot of different movies. Um, Similar to how Denzel brings Denzel to each movie, but with a twist. That's how she is. But then I started watching Charlie's Angel again, and I noticed how ridiculous Charlie's Angel was. Um, Going back and looking at some of it, um, I'm still not sure if I'm going to see that new one. But I'm just like, well, there's room for it to be outrageous. Um, But then there's, like we were saying earlier from last episode, there's more room to tell different stories, and I'm ready to see some more. Even with thinking about TV, how... There used to be so many black comedy shows or black TV shows, wholesome, just, you know, you see more people of color on TV. Um, So I guess I'm looking for more of that. I know we have grown and stuff like that, but I'm still looking for more, like, current um, TV shows and different media and things to look into. Also, finding um, some more books and stuff to read, so I'll be talking about what I'm reading in an upcoming episode. Yes, that sounds good. Now, reading is something I like to do when it comes to um, seeing how we change and the new authors coming out or just some original, something I can relate to. What's the last thing or what are you reading now? Well, I just read, finished reading my Tiffany Haddish, The Black Unicorn, which was really good. Okay. She's really grown. She is doing her thing. Proud of her. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. 23 years a slave. Restaurant owner gets a BS sentence for enslaving intellectually disabled black man. A South Carolina restaurateur was sentenced to prison after admitting his use of violence, threats, and intimidation to force a black man to work more than 100 hours a week with no pay and stunning case of throwback slavery. On Monday, the U.S. District Court Judge R. Brian Harrell sentenced 54-year-old Bobby Paul Edwards to 10 years in federal prison after he pleaded guilty to one count of forced labor, according to the press release from the Department of Justice. Prosecutors say that Edwards, who managed his family restaurant, forced Chris Smith an intellectually disabled black man to work for free and live in a small room behind the restaurant. Mm-mm-mm. Court documents show that Edwards physically abused Smith for at least 17 years, 17 years now, including whipping Smith with a belt, beating him with a post, and pots and pans, and even burning him with hot grease. Can you believe that? This is 2000 and what? 19. Keep that, an eye on your people. That's crazy that he only got 10 years. He should have got. Because he was abusing and forcing him to work for 17 years. 100 hours. A week. <laughs> and not paying him. Somebody need to check it out. Lawsuit. Next story. Police mother daughter arrest for stealing what? $200 worth of crab legs. Memphis, Tennessee, 
A mother and daughter been arrested for allegedly stealing hundreds of dollars worth of crab legs from a grocery store in Memphis. Police told reporters the duo stuffed the food into the purse, and when a store manager tried to stop them, police said they hit her in the face. Felicia Hollings and Gabrielle Hodges, a mother and daughter duo, are charged with theft of property and assault. They are arrested a short time later, and police said they admitted to stealing the crab legs without paying for them. The stolen crustaceans were worth around $200. Another manager told the news station that the crab legs and oxtails are often the target of theft from the grocery store. Wow. So now they're going to be, if they were on food stamps, I'm just saying, or any other government assistance, they're going to be out. I mean, I hope the mother and daughter could, could learn from this because it was no it was no need for that. Crab legs, come on now. I'm not trying to say you could find something else, but go to your food bank. Go to your churches. Go go to a neighbor. Well, I don't know if we can assume that they were on any assistance. Um, that's, I don't think that means or matters in this case. Um, but it sucks that they were stealing together, you know. Um, and both of them have to go down for $200 worth of that. Um, I'm just curious how much jail time they're going to get for stealing food. Um, I think it points to a bigger issue. We need to have different, um, systematic responses to when people are stealing food, even if oxtails and crab legs are considered, you know, delicacies or, you know, special occasion food or whatever. I think we should still have um, <clears throat> different responses to people when they have to, when they have to resort to stealing food. That means a, I think a bigger issue that needs to be discussed or discovered before we just lock people up and send them in jail. True. That's why I said I'm not assuming they're on any government assistance. <clears throat> that's why sometimes it's hard for people to get or apply for these, you know, adequate things that they have for people. I just hope they I just... I don't know if um, food stamps are adequate. They are cutting them back and trying to drug test people. So they, even if they... Well, I'm saying if they was applying for them, they have all the questions Well, I'm sure they probably have already if applied. You are, if you have a, stolen anything <clears throat> or your name is in the system for something. Right, that's, what, it, that's it what what I'm saying. It's a red flag for anybody. It, that's what I'm saying. It's a shortcoming for anybody who might be trying to apply. So this makes it another stigma. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Um, there should be different responses instead of locking people up for stealing food. Um, you just make them volunteer or something at a food bank and they, you know, earn food or um, can get on food stamps after going through whatever they need to, you know, intake information to figure out what their cause is and why they wanted to steal the food. Um, they wanted what? Some crab legs. Oxtails, I know, but I'm saying this. They are, you know, how much oxtails are. We were just talking about oxtails, yeah. Um, and it depends on where they're at, too. And what restaurant you go to, $17 for a plate, yeah. So, and you may get five pieces if you don't have it, just don't take the L for it. All right, I want to live large and in charge. That's what they were thinking, maybe. Well, they're gonna live large and charge. All right, time for some go go. Gogo once um, was 
blame for the DC's social ills, gains, and monumentums to become the official music of the district. Um, the coronation began with a familiar bongo beat, which I love, off the walls of the John A. Wilson building. There was a vote taken all. There was no vote, excuse me, taken or billed approved. But the crowd that gathered around Go Go Group Black Passion Band in the middle of D.C. City Hall that past week was confident that Go Go is on its way to being enshrined in the law as the official music of the district. I think that's a wonderful thing because Go Go has been in D.C. forever. And if you hear the beat and have passion for it, it'll make you what? Doom, 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 doom. Make your head pop. Make your head pop. Yes, PhD student made history by writing her entire thesis in an indigenous Peruvian language. Scholar at Lima San Marcos University says the first time a student has written and defended a thesis entirely in a native language. Roxana Quispe Cayontes made history when she verbally defended and wrote her thesis in Quecha, a language of the Incas. While Quecha is spoken by 8 million people in the Andes, with half of them in Peru, it speaks volumes that this hasn't happened before in the 468-year-old university's history, the oldest in the Americas. Quispe Cayonte studied Peruvian and Latin American literature with a focus on poetry written in Quecha. The United Nations International Year of Indigenous Language, Languages Programs has Peru a part of the global campaign to revive 2,680 indigenous languages at risk of going extinct. Peru is home to 21 of those languages. I think that's a beautiful thing. Keep language alive. That's your roots. And a quote from um, Roxana Cayonte, since the time of our ancestors, the Quecha language was present not only in technology, but in engineering and cosmology. And our ancestors, our ancestors and our language are very rich in knowledge and in wisdom. Um, it's it's crazy to see these different strides made by people of different um, backgrounds from all over the world who are doing um, the work and keeping languages alive. Literally, um, in some areas, in some places, there are only like two people who can speak it. Like a lot of people know of it and can say some of like the colloquial terms, but aren't able to fluently speak um, some of those languages. Um, it's just interesting and having that piece of culture and, and that knowledge and having to fight to keep. Um, Hundreds and thousands of years of history alive through language. I agree. The Obamas shared their brutally honest thoughts on woke culture and white flight. Um, I know a lot of you have probably seen um, those headlines and the videos with different um, bits taken from the interview. But um, the former president and first lady made headlines with their upfront comment. Former President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama opened up about a variety of topics at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago. In a lengthy onstage interview, the former president went with went after Twitter users, telling the crowd that being woke is not activism. 
this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff you should get over that quickly the word is messy there are ambiguities people who do really good stuff have flaws obama said makes sense um i definitely saw a lot of people um upset about what he said um i guess they felt personally attacked um but that's that's a that's a good point um, people who do really good stuff have flaws, and I think he also. And I don't. I'm not gonna say that he said it, but I think um, I heard someone also saying that bad people and people we hate are still human too. Not saying that we need to sympathize with people who do bad things, but um, like Obama, Obama was saying that um, just because you're woke on Twitter or you know practicing and call out culture and all this kind of stuff and um, we have been able to see things shift and move, I think, with Twitter and the energy put behind um, certain movements like Mute R. Kelly, um, Say Her Name, things like that, Black Lives Matter. Um, I think he's saying that just interacting on Twitter is not being an activist. You have to also um, be in the streets as far as voting go into those different meetings, town hall meetings, having your voice heard um, when there's open calls to do that, but also um, doing the actual work, rolling up your sleeves, going in um, to help organizations or to start organizations um, that are doing good for communities and the cities and states at large. So I get the point of who's making, but he definitely made um, a lot of people upset. Yeah, you have to put the experience in it. Like I said, if you don't keep doing it, you're going to lose it. Just because you can talk about it don't mean you're about it. That is true, and a lot of people were hung up on that. Um, and I know Michelle Obama, she spoke to um, how this how cyclical white flight is, and um, she mentioned that, and they're still running, and that's why... Um, in her answer to an audience member who asked, um, there were a person of color asking, how do you get essentially white people to kind of accept you in the work that you're doing? And she was saying, just continue to be yourself because that's not something you need to focus on. And I uh, resonated with that, um, with the work that I do and what I've seen with people who are in my field or just, you know, growing up and working in different fields, you come in contact with white people who may even be doing work to help communities and build equality, equity, and are still biased, prejudiced, and will look at me, someone who often has braids that are multicolored, long fingernails that are acrylic or whatever, bright color um and i dress in um bright colors have tattoos my nose is pierced um will judge me all kinds of ways and i've had plenty of people say after i start talking oh you're so educated or you know you can see a shift in their body language um when they think um or are questioning what they initially thought of me so it does I think um that's a point that we should all um keep close to us 
as people of color, especially black people, moving in these spaces <clears throat> to continue to do great things that you're doing, continue to work on what you're working on despite not being accepted by white audiences or even just people who you have to work with, um, not being fully accepted within in your field. Continue to be great. Correct, because sometimes people seem like they're empathizing with you or seem like y'all on the same page, but mentally they just listen to you and they be like, wah, 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 and you're like, oh, I see where we at. And some sport news, some sports, sport news, <laughs> sports news. Woohoo! NFL invites teams to watch Colin Kaepernick work out on Saturday. The quarterback who knelt to protest racial injustice has not played in the NFL game since the 2016 season. He once led the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of news and media swirling around this. Some people saying, oh, that's Jay-Z's work coming into the light. Um, um, and we've seen different articles um, where Jay-Z was that Jay-Z pushed um, to help set this up. And it's just interesting to see how all of this is unfolding um, because, you know, we all rushed to judgment when we found out that Jay-Z was signing um, contracts with the NFL to work with entertainment specifically and how um, for this upcoming Super Bowl there will be uh, J-Lo and Shakira so two uh, Latina performers. I don't think I've seen that before for Super Bowl headlining. Um, so that's something that's big as well. But um, Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback who for nearly three years has struggled to resume his NFL career after kneeling during the national anthem to protest racial injustice, has been invited to work out for teams on Saturday at the Atlanta Falcons facility so they can evaluate whether to sign him, according to a copy of a memo to the league's 32 teams that was reviewed by the New York Times. Earlier this year, we this is a quote. Earlier this year, we discussed the possible steps with his representatives, and they recently emphasized his level of preparation that he is ready to work out for the clubs and be interviewed by them. The memo said, "We have therefore arranged this opportunity to for him to work out, and for all clubs to have the opportunity to evaluate his current readiness and level of interest in resuming his NFL career." Colin Kaepernick, 32, and his representatives were notified Tuesday of the league's invitation and were told they had two hours to confirm that he would attend to work out in the Flowery Blanche in Georgia. According to a person familiar with the discussion who requested a, non- a nominee, the person said that the representatives were confused about why the workout was slated for a Saturday when teams traveled to away games and that they had asked for it to be moved to a Tuesday when teams usually hold their workouts. But that request was denied by the by the league. The invitation was reported by ESPN. Kaepernick's representatives said um, they requested a list of NFL teams planning to attend. And if they are satisfied with the number, he will work out on the field and do interviews the person familiar with the discussion said the memo said the workout and any interviews any interviews would be recorded and video made available to every team. About time. That man should have been on the field. 
you know, he's good. And he was just giving, you know, so much flack and people going crazy. Let the man, he's young. He just had a birthday. Let him play. Yeah, all of that controversy that came around him kneeling was unnecessary, especially after people tried to argue that he was being disrespectful to troops, but then we have troops who support him. There was a lot of all of that, but we still have racial injustice and violence, and his protest was important to bring light to that, which is why he knelt. Um, And I would say he was successful in getting more attention on police brutality and racial injustice, but um, yeah, let the band play. I'm down. Yay, touchdown. Woo-woo. Today's sweet deet is brought to you in the spirit of open enrollment season. Get your health insurance today as soon as possible for 2020. Um, Today, we are shouting out a local representative who is talented and also very capable in helping you decide what insurance plan is best for you and your family. His name is Dave Gomez. Uh, We will be adding his information in the show notes and in posts about uh, this episode, shouting out his information. But he is certified in about 32 states. Um, And I worked with him just to make sure I was making the best decision for myself. but he's fun to work with. Great guy and very knowledgeable in the field and about different insurance plans. So you can talk to just Dave Gomez by yourself and he can have access to over hundreds of plans to decide what's best for you and your family. Talk to him today. The motto is hope, helping people every day. Want us to promote your business in our next Sweet Deeks? Mention, email us, talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. With the subject line, business feature with a few sentences about your business, product, or service. There's room for everyone to eat. Always where you can find us online, Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar. On Twitter, Talking Brown Sugar. That's Talking Brown S-U-G. You can always email us as well at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. Get connected, stay connected. Hit us up, leave a message, all of that. Send a bird. Wellness check. Winter is here, fall is here too. You got to dress the part according to the weather. We might not like the weather, but dress the part. Especially like little people, make sure they have a t shirt. Check on your loved ones. Make sure the heat is available for them. And always do what? Wash your nasty hands. If you cough, you sneeze, before you move on to the next activity, whatever it is, wash your hands. That's how we can prevent the spread of flu and all kinds of other germs and things that are being discovered. Two people in China have died from the Black Plague. There are diseases that have been eradicated that are coming back. So be sure to wash your hands and just be proactive. Stay warm. Hot chocolate time. It is time for the main discussion. Today we'll be talking about being an introvert, or is it just having a quiet personality? What 
does it mean for us as black women in the world? So, Mom, uh, do you consider yourself an introvert? Yes, I do. Reasons why? I can be home by myself all day. I can eat by myself. I go to the movies by myself. But some people feel funny doing things totally by themselves. You know, they were like, that's weird. And I'm like, no, I don't need company. But no one wants to be alone. No one wants to be alone. Nobody wants to be in a lonely place. Because you could be around people or be in a relationship and be lonely. So, yes, you do consider yourself an introvert? Yes. I enjoy being by myself. But, I mean, I like going places with people. I like being in groups. But sometimes... I could just be really quiet and being around people, and they'd be saying, what's wrong? What's the matter? Nothing. I'm like, you're not prepared for what's really going on in my mind. I never officially thought of myself an introvert, uh, as an introvert. Um, I always just thought I was quiet because, you know, in interacting with people, you always hear, oh, she's quiet. She's so quiet. Why are you so quiet? Y'all watch out from quiet ones and then, you know, wearing glasses and people just like, oh, okay, you're a nerd and you're quiet. Um, But that was just how I always was. I was always just observant and not into myself, but I just, I like to learn by watching and observations. That's how I pick things up. Um, If you were to just look up what an introvert is it says a shy person am i shy sometimes but not really like i can be and fake the funk as an extrovert like when i need to schmooze network i don't mind walking up to people and just starting a conversation i think that has been a practice but i am shy well, how can I put it? I can get in the room and make friends with anybody. I can get in front of people, churches, or anything and speak. But sometimes when I want to just don't want to be around crowds, I'm like, okay, I don't have enough of this. I'm, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I'm just saying, wait, if I get overstimulated, I'm like, um, oh. all right, let's turn it down or something. Um, My other question do you um are you able to publicly speak to large groups with ease or oh yes i love putting on i'm talking about talking with confidence presentations Present, oh yeah i love it but you know some introverts are different some some people do not like crowds or crowded areas or they go in at a certain time when it's you know not busy or they pick certain days they go on like some people don't do things on the first of the month like going to the banks or just doing anything because they know it's gonna be crowded. I'm I'm not that kind of introvert. I I like my quiet space. Sometimes I don't want company. But if somebody comes to my house, oh, you're more than welcome, more than welcome. But sometimes I just enjoy my peace. And, and sometimes I don't want to hear conversation. Sometimes I don't care what's on your mind. I don't want to know. Sometimes I let the phone ring because I don't want to talk to you. I. Hear that I do enjoy my peace. Um, I'm learning to be more comfortable in um, quiet spaces. I think I've always preferred quiet living spaces. Like, sure, there can be, um, like sirens, cars, 
you know, busy city sound, but as long as my room, my space, like my my living room, my whole house, like whatever my space is at the time, as long as it's quiet or something I can control or just have music going, I'm good. I'm an easy peach. And that's what it's about. Because sometimes <clears throat> the hustle and bustle, like when somebody calls and, and I know who it is and they really want to talk, fine. But you're not going to just be dropping by my house like this is the spot all year. We can relax and eat and do chicken wings and pop bottles. No, I do that on my time. And, you know, and sometimes you be around people and they can feel that sense of how do I approach you to actually do you want to come out or do you want to go to this gathering? Just ask me. Don't go back because I'm quiet because, believe me, I'm quiet for a reason. And, oh, yeah. My mama told me my mouth was lethal. Yeah, that can be inherited. Um, So I looked up just some stuff about what classifies an introverts so we can go through these to see if they apply to us or not but this um is just eight um characteristics of course that's not expansive or inclusive of everything that could possibly fall under that or not because like you said all introverts are different um so being around lots of people drains your energy you said yeah especially if they're not talking about nothing you know we can be in some places and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I've been there for 15 minutes. I can tell we haven't, we won't productive. We're not talking about nothing. I'm not going to miss nothing. It's nothing. It's time to go. You're wasting my time. So in other me to say that and get all boisterous or roll my neck and eyes, excuse me, y'all, I have to leave. Um, yeah, I would say being around lots of people drains my energy. Um, that doesn't mean I avoid social events altogether because clubs, parties, um, networking, like large networking events or just um, like carnivals, festivals, anything, um, concerts, you know, you'll be around a lot of people. Um, I really think it depends on what my goal is for being with all of those people, like you said, if we're supposed to be doing something versus I'm just there to have fun. If I'm there just to have fun, I take solace in knowing that I can do it without telling people I'm about to slide out. Um, but with like more networking events, I feel like there has to be, for me, a close or um, I know my energy drains because I'm inside myself thinking about a million different things while working and walking around or whatever so um that is part of why being around a lot of people is draining my energy and then you add on all the other things too that you carry with you right because i know um you know looking at society now i think sometimes people don't know how to find a quiet space even when they're around people like we had a luncheon or something i can find a quiet space in my mind and just tune y'all really out but still in my ear, I can hear everything you're saying and then pick right up on it. But sometimes I think I have to go on pause for me. Because sometimes if you're not talking about nothing that's interesting to me, I'm going to be like, yeah. And some people have to self-medicate themselves to take a nap or to go somewhere else. Hey, I can chime in and say, bloop, lights out, and I'm looking right at you. And that's fine. I think if you have to medicate, you got to do what you got to do as long as you do it safely and with your doctor's recommended dose and all that 
Um, another one too it says you enjoy your solitude. You have talked already about that. You and I both. Um, as an introvert, your idea of a good time is a quiet afternoon to yourself to enjoy your hobbies and interests. Boy, if that isn't the truth, I love a good book. It says perfect for walking nature. Favorite television program or good ways to recharge and get energized. I do love sessions where I can just um draw or be creative. Um like I said, sitting down with a good book, like reading a couple of chapters or two is just I really can get energized, like it's lit for me. Yeah, I mean it is it, nothing like personal touch. Everybody likes a hug. But sometimes you got to refuel yourself so you can be a better you for everybody else. Because if, you, if your energy is drained, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to be nothing. You can be like, okay, I'm here. And they be looking like, what's the matter? You okay? You just quiet because your energy is just, just not in it that day. And I think for me... um, well, I'll go to the next question because that, that I'll talk about that for the next question. The next one says, you have a small group of close friends. One common misconception about introverts is they don't like people. While introverts typically do not enjoy a great deal of socializing, they do enjoy having a small group of friends to whom they particularly choose instead of having a large social circle of people they know only on a su- superficial level. Introverts prefer to stick to deep, long-lasting relationships marked by a great deal of closeness and intimacy. They can have said it better. I know a lot of people, but sometimes that small circle is all you need. Because sometimes people, if they don't need nothing from you, you might not hear from them. Mm-hmm. If you ain't got nothing they need from you, you won't hear from them. You hit that lottery, you're going to hear from them. I don't need that. I like the people who know me. If I just talk to them on the phone or I say, mm-hmm, and their conversation keeps saying nothing, we, we don't. We don't conquer what we need to talk about because they know me and I know them. Sometimes you just need a listening ear. I don't have to always be verbal because sometimes I'm like, you want the truth? You sure? Because if you come at me wrong, just be prepared for that attitude. And most of the time, we're happy people. Most introverts are pretty happy people from what I know. If things are going that way, it's a good day. It's about life. You got to live. Yeah, um... And my thought, um, reading about different forms of intimacy with friends and different relationships, for me, an ideal, like, intimate setup would just be having somebody who's close to you, like, even if y'all sharing a physical space, like, having my group of friends and all of us would study at the same time, like, that was intimate to me, like, everybody was in their own book, minding their business, studying, working it out. And then falling asleep, passing out or whatever in the book. But also just being able to be in the same shared space with somebody doing your own thing, not having to talk, not having to fill um, silent spaces with noise or conversation. I think when I can achieve that with somebody, when there isn't awkward silence, that's when when I know we're good. Because some people feel like there always has to be a conversation or something to fill those spaces. I can take solace in just being with people in physical spaces. Um, that's profound to me. Um, the next one, it says, people often describe you as quiet and may find it difficult to get to know you. Girl, 
I make it difficult if I want to, but I'm real easy to get along with. But I'm like, give me the same energy if I'm giving it to you verbally. You don't have to be quiet to me, but once I tell you who I am, and just be around me. And if you're around me and if I'm quiet, that's still good. Just watch my movement. Because sometimes quietness is good communication, too. Yeah. I think for me, um, I have been able and pushed to be open to uh, allow people to see who I am without um, actually having to step out of character or force myself to be or behave in ways that are uncomfortable. Um, So people might describe me as um, quiet, chill, laid back or whatever, but people still can act like um, accurately describe my personality, know what I don't like, what I do like, because I have been um, working on myself, but also um, practiced how to communicate that to people in a way that isn't foreign to me, but also isn't, um, I guess, out of the norm for other people. So, dang, I guess I am an introvert. Really, like, really <laughs> true introvert, but um, just thinking about it. But, yeah, um, I think some people who haven't or have found it difficult to get to know me is because I have chosen not to get to know them based on what I have observed about them. So, yeah, I'm pretty open, friendly. I accept people for who they are, how they show up as, um, you know, the Christianly way to accept all people in whatever state you find them and how they present themselves but if I choose not to let you get to know me that's just how it is and sometimes it's just I haven't taken the time to have you know that moment with you but it's coming if if we're like people who constantly um pass each other um then it'll happen but for other people who have known of me for a while and don't know me that's it. That's all. That's all it is. And that's all it will be. Um, you know, I don't need to be friends with everybody. And I'm comfortable and confident in that. I agree with you. I mean, sometimes when people get to meet you, they be like, wow, you know so much. Oh, you do this? You go there? You travel there? I'm like, what you think? I stay in the box? I didn't say I wanted to be in the box. I just choose when I come home, that's my quiet place, place and I might not want to be bothered with nobody. Sometimes I just want to talk to the Lord. That's a great segue for five, which says too much stimulation leaves you feeling distracted and unfocused. When introverts have to spend time in activities or environments that are hectic, they end up feeling unfocused and overwhelmed. Extroverts, on the other hand, tend to thrive in situations where there's a lot of activity and a few chances of being bored. According to at least one study, researchers have found that introverts tend to be more easily distracted than extroverts, which is part of the reason why introverts tend to prefer quieter, less harried settings. If you tend to feel overwhelmed in busy situations, you probably are an introvert. Yeah, I don't mean no harm. We're all different. I can handle around any kind of situation, but sometimes for me, instead of me getting some fisticuffs or saying some four-letter words, it's best for me to chime out gracefully. And mind my business before I mind your business. And it won't be nobody's de-business. So well, go ahead and cuss. You cuss. All introverts are different. Yeah. So some people think introverts are 
slow or something wrong with them or they special. No. Sometimes you're not going to be able to handle us, I'm telling you. But that's where I think lived experience comes into play, especially um, depending on where you grow up geographically, like what country you're in, what social norms have already been set, mm-hmm, but also what has been set in your household. And, you know, that's impacted by your economic status, education of your parents, mm-hmm. um, race, ethnicity, all that, um, dialect even. Um, can influence all of that. And so whatever mental uh, state you're in, I think affects all that. So I think about how I am either or. Like I can thrive in quiet spaces, but I can also thrive in busy, loud spaces. Um, As long as I know what my objective is or what I want to get out of a situation, whether or not it's busy or too busy, um, I know how to set myself up to be successful exactly. or, you know, move and go with the flow. I have always, I think, have had to, I think as a black person, you are um, innately uh, pushed to go with the flow to survive. So that's just something I think that's just in our genes is to go with the flow. So moving in a way that keeps you safe or you know you know i gotta make money this is my job boom 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 Boom, we gotta hustle and flow whatever it is so i think it's all that's interesting um to think about it is and you know like you like you say some people think it's a controlled space because you're coming home no it's a controlled space you you know what you like you ain't got to share it with nobody and i don't mind sharing if i have something believe me i'm very I give you a share off my back. But sometimes I don't want to share my popcorn. And I might want to listen to this movie while I go into the movies and somebody's sucking their teeth. Then again, I might want to hear something in surround sound and go to the movies and laugh out loud. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to know what, like you said, what's good for you and put it in a little to-go setup so you can go set yourself up for what's good for you. Six, you are very self-aware. Because introverts tend to be inward-turning, they also spend a great deal of time examining their own internal experiences. If you feel like you have a very good knowledge and insight into yourself, motivation, and your feelings, you might be more of an introvert. It says introverts enjoy simply thinking about and examining things in their own mind. Self-awareness and self-understanding is important to introverts, so they often devote a great deal of time learning more about themselves. They might involve exploring hobbies. Hobbies they enjoy thinking about their lives and reading books that explore themes and topics that are important to them. Yeah. On that note, yes, I wouldn't have been able to retire at the age I retired if we didn't take time to sit down, calculate your funds, without people telling you, well, I don't know if you should do this. Sometimes you gotta take time pause and get you right without telling somebody your movement in life. Because some people need that guidance. Well, what do you think you should do? What do you think I should do? Sometimes you got to find out for yourself. Sit down, go to these banks, get these papers, sit down and read them so you can chime in your mind to get things, the outcome you would like. Because sometimes you tell people what you're doing, they steal your idea.
I think that's funny. Um, it says you're very self-aware. I have always been very self-aware. I can remember as a child being self-aware, but also my self-awareness being in tune with how I felt to situations and how certain situations made me feel also made me question how others around me were experiencing those feelings. So I think that's kind of where um, now in my adult life I've been exploring and have always explored different ways of advocacy and performing that or just working and moving in that vein of advocating for others because I know how it feels to be in different positions um, of uh, power, authority, but also being marginalized. So um, I think that's funny that being really self-aware has pushed me to want to help other people not feel or being able to express how they feel about what happens to them, around them about them for them so that's funny to think about it that way yeah because sometimes i've been in situations and none the situation another person is and i might just say one little single word in their ear or write it down and slide it to them and we can just give each other the thumbs up like i'm here for you if you want to talk i'm here for you sometimes that's that silence and we just look and agree that's all we need and next time you know that person is willing to Talk to you. You don't have to be forced. Right. Number seven, you like to learn by watching. Where introverts tend to prefer to jump, extroverts tend to jump right in and learn through hands-on experience. Introverts typically prefer learning through observation. While introverts typically learn through trial and error. I mean, extroverts learn through trial and error. Introverts learn by watching. Introverts like to watch others perform a task, often repeatedly, until they feel that they can replicate the actions on their own. When introverts do learn from personal experience, they prefer to practice somewhere private where they can build their skills and abilities without having to perform for an audience. I don't know. I'm a little bit both on that. Mm-hmm. I can perform. So you can jump in. Or you I can, can jump, yeah, I can jump in out. Like double dutch. Somebody's, two people turn on the rope, I'm jumping in, you know. But if you had to choose, which one would you prefer? Would you prefer... Like, if you had to choose, would you prefer to jump in and learn? Or would you prefer to learn by observation? The funny thing about that, going back to my childhood, my initial result was AA. So when I got home, I made sure all my stuff was on point. Because the next day, I was going to be the first one to be called. Mm-hmm. So I'm for you me, had I had to jump in. I had to jump in. Because sometimes I'll be... Looking at the teacher like, can you go to the bottom of the list and start? And some of my teachers did take that because when they would call me, they would use me, I guess, for the, the soundboard. Like, she got her work done. And, yes, it was right. <laughs> and I, it's not the point that I I got tired of being the special kid or I wanted to let my friends know, even some of my close classmates, oh, you goody two-shoes. I did not tell that teacher to call me first. But she knew my work was going to be right because I respect and her job, and I wanted my friends to respect. I'm not the teacher's pet, but at the at the end, I hey, I brushed my shoulders off too. Now, I, girl, you got this. So, because your initials were AA, you had to always be on point. And would you say always having to be on point carried on into your adult? Yes, I mean, I, even now, sometimes y'all used to tell me, 
Mom, today is Saturday. Do we have to write in this journal? I was like, yeah, so you can be ready for Monday. And one of y'all smart mouths was like, well, today is Friday night or Saturday morning. We off from school. But I was so, one of y'all to be ready for life. And I'm, uh-huh. I, I should have pushed back on some things. But what do you mean push back on some stuff? I mean, I gave you all your Saturdays, but I might have been a little overbearing sometimes. Oh, you wish you were as? Yes. I don't know. I think I turned out okay. I had teachers ask me how I was raised because they wanted to raise children like me. I thought that was a a bit much, but I was like, you know, tell them they need to do their homework. Were they supposed to do their homework? And if you know what grade level they're going to next, look at some of the books and turn it into a game. And that's what we did. I tried to turn most of the work into a game because that's how my mom taught me. And as I followed my education, if you just take one day off sometimes, boy, that work piles up. And I didn't like that because I always want to be on my A game. And that's how I am now. Sometimes I have to catch myself and let people help me. Without me always, I got it. Because my daughter reminds me and my son reminds me, Ma, can can I carry this bag? Let me Let me do something for you. I think that's something we can explore further in another episode. Yes. Um, I would say I prefer to learn by watching. Um, but when I have to jump in and, and learn, I do. Um, but preferably, I would prefer to learn by watching or to just, you know, read uh, case studies about or like instructions about what has happened, what has worked, what didn't work. So I can know. All right, this hasn't been tried. Let me try this. Or I know this works, so I can go this way. Just, you know, I like a little foresight. Um, I prefer a little foresight. But if I have to jump in, I'll roll my, my sleeves and up and jump in. That one for you. You prefer Googling or using the old hard book encyclopedia? How many of y'all got encyclopedias around the house? Do I prefer Googling or using an encyclopedia? Um, Googling is definitely faster. I remember having to lug those big A encyclopedias off a shelf and really just bust myself in the face. And sometimes the words would blur together. Um, I don't know if it was the font, the smell of the book. I don't know. I'm not saying I don't like a book or searching in a library. I'm just saying, um, I don't know if we have that much time to search through a book. Google gives me over 200,000, sometimes two, um, 2 million answers in 0.65 seconds, which is kind of high, but sometimes um, 0.13 seconds. I'm just saying. Okay, it's FYI. I know encyclopedias aren't as, <laughs> as biased, and it's just what I need to know, and I find it, and it's like, boom, here's what it is, Shodi, and Google says, here's what it could be and what I think it should be for you based on your shopping and search history. But, we'll, yeah, that's another thing. But, um, eight, you are down to jobs that involve independence. Or down, I said down. You are drawn to jobs that involve independence. Heck yeah, I am. I agree. If there is some leeway, some flexibility on what and how, even I show up is... It's great. I am drawn to jobs that involve independence, for sure. Yes. 
I don't mind being a team player or training people what to do, but I like working by myself. Even when we have little parties and stuff and they put you with people, they might talk strong at first, <laughs> but the outcome is like stepping in chewing gum. That's funny. So I I don't care if I'm working in a team or not. I know that I can pull my weight and I have had experience in having to be captain save them. But um, if I work in a team, I'm fine with working in a team. But I um, prefer there to be room for me to be, uh, I guess, just take, even if it requires me taking the lead to be independent to choose things. You know, like like you said, being independent, it's not taken away from working with groups of people. But sometimes you know your worth and you, you know what the outcome is. Because sometimes people... If they if they team up with you and they know you can handle it, they would just just do some of the goofiest stuff and you'd be like, Wow. And some people can have an age on them with experience of these things and you can be really in a downfall of them not putting out what is requested or what is even on the, the paper that is discussed what we agreed to to do together. And you end up still holding the bag by yourself. So I prefer working by myself. Okay. You know, I really do. I mean, if my name is on it, I don't want to look like some daggone something from the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not fair. But that speaks to, I think, more experience um, than rather disposition, I think, because your experience with not having reliable people has required you to be and step up in ways that can outwardly look like you're separating yourself from other people, but it's really just you cutting out the BS and doing what you got to do. That's the bottom line. How many people have to do that or have had to do that in their lives because of, you know, what you experience or what you're used to? Yeah, because some people have, like, five people in the family or two it's going to be that one is always going to be the team play all the time, even though it's outlined. It's sad to say it. And then sometimes when, once they get older, they just choose to be by themselves. They handle their own emotions. Um, very well mind. Wanted to make a note about the difference between introversion and shyness. Earlier we read just um, the most simple definition that comes up sometimes with introversion is or to be an introvert is to be shy so they want to say it's important to note that introversion does not necessarily equate with shyness in their book the development of shyness and social withdrawal Arthur schmidt and bus wrote sociability refers to the motive strong or weak of wanting to be with others, whereas shyness refers to behaviors when others inhibit or uninhibit it, as well as feelings of tension and discomfort. Basically, shyness indicates a fear of people or social situations. Introverts, on the other hand, simply do not like to spend lots of time interacting with people. So they wanted to make sure to note the difference between being an introvert and shyness doesn't necessarily mean um, the same thing and the introverts are scared of people or prefer to avoid people. It's just they want to limit their time and exposure to um, 
people, social situation, certain social social uh, situations, depending on the person. However, introverts do appreciate being around people to whom they are close. They find engaging in small talk tedious, but do enjoy having deep, meaningful conversations. Introverts also tend to think about things before talking. They want to have a full understanding of a concept before they voice an opinion or try to offer an explanation. Boy, if that ain't me, that last little line. I often have people, and I've had some people in my life ask me why, um... I didn't just, you know, why didn't you just pop off? Or why didn't you just blah, 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 blah. I have to think about things. I was raised to think before I act. I have been shown why it's important to think before you just act. Also, I am black in America. There are harsher stipulations to my popping off versus Karen's popping off asking for a manager in the store. There are two different responses, you know. For us, existing is criminal. It is revolutionary just to exist. So me popping off isn't always my first option. It may be what I really want to do. Trust me, the conversation I have in my head, the things that play out in my head before I actually open my mouth or decide not to open my mouth and do whatever else it is I decide to do, Trust me, was intentional and calculated. That's why I can sit here softly and talk to you, not being in jail. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was just something I was thinking about as you know I get older and people ask me why I don't talk as much or why I'm not um, a certain way or. Why I don't respond to certain situations. I think it is because I'm an introvert and that's just what I am. Or they feel like you don't have no feelings about what you. You don't have no feelings. I have a lot of emotions and love and who doesn't feel certain things. But sometimes you just want to keep the comment to yourself. I'm willing to share. That's not the problem. But maybe I don't want to share with you. Um, Something I also found was a blog post by Nicole Nichols, and it says, Four Lessons I've Learned as an Introverted Black Girl. Uh, The first one, uh, she said, Regardless of how it may seem, I am not alone. There are more of us out there than I thought. Um, I think because I'm an introvert, I have been able to spot other introverts, and we give each other that nod and keep it going. Exactly. So I I don't think I have felt... um, lonely and thinking I'm the only one or isolated and feeling like that I think my isolation comes from um, people not understanding uh, my distance sometimes because I can go a long time without talking to people but that doesn't mean I doesn't love I don't love them or care about them less it's just you know I'm doing life figuring that out um or being comfortable with being quiet with me. Exactly. If that makes sense. It does. And you know, we're not, nobody's fragile. And if you want to pick up the phone, pick up the phone and call. Don't let me be the first one. The phone works two ways. The text works two ways. A card works two ways. If you want to invite me, invite me. Don't be saying, oh. And then if I have somebody to invite you, believe me, I didn't invite you for a reason. But yeah, it's good to know that other people 
exist like you. I think that's what her point is. That it's good to know that there are other people like yeah. you. And some people don't want to admit that they're introverts because they don't know and they don't know how to explain it. Or they haven't spent time exploring what that means for them. Mm-hmm. Or they just going by what the family said. Well, you know they quiet. You know they shy. And the problem in their mind, they going home to a six-pack and smoke something good and having a good day. Um, two, since our personality type is the opposite of loud, irreverent, black woman stereotype, many people are perplexed by us. True. Because they don't know. I don't, I like to listen to loud music when I, when I want to. Nicole says, many people would be shocked if they could listen to the conversations in my mind. They probably would be even more shocked at the responses that I swap out at the last minute for more appropriate quips when I am asked questions like, why don't you talk? Or when I hear, you're so quiet. Or my favorite one, you got to watch out for the quiet ones. Maybe it's just a theory, but I think that part of the expectation for me to get loud or simply have a bold, bigger-than-life personality comes from the age-old stereotype about black women. And that's to say, I think that's a good point, that people are perplexed by black women who are quiet or are just quiet at the moment or when we change up because I can be loud, I can be whatever um, is stereotyped about black women, but that doesn't mean that being that is worse than being quiet or being quiet is better um, because I think black introverts can also be all of those things as well, as well as extroverts. Extroverted black women can be introverted and quiet and whatever else you want to be. I think it's just... um, a good point that she was making about how people are perplexed by quiet mm-hmm. black people when they're just not just per- they're, they're resting or their regular personality is is just quiet. That's it. Bullseye. Because I feel like if you see me coming in and my hair is fiery red, that don't mean I'm mad. I might be in a good place just happy and wish I could just rub some of this joy on you. Like, hey, this fist bump, you might need this here. People assume we're blank slates and they feel us and they feel in the perceived blanks as they see fit. Look, I, I had to pause on my own quietness on that because I can say so much to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because people assume that because you're quiet, you don't know how to be. Me being quiet is me being me. Even if that is. I think that is like um, how people can get irritated or confused about how I respond to things, when I respond to things, or how I choose to respond to things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know for me personally, I am working on my timing, I think, and my responsiveness because I have sometimes just laid back and chose not to engage when I could have or if I had a response. Um, so I'm working on getting more of me and my thoughts out there. That's good. It takes time, you know. Like you, Sometimes you have to separate like your school, your workplace, church, friends, foe, boyfriends, partners or whatever. 
Boyfriends. I mean, you know, boyfriends, man friends. Partners. Partners in crime. You just have to work on what you feel. Because sometimes people are so ready to fill in the blanks for you. You can't fill in the blanks for me. Right. And just let my blank be a blank. <laughs> I know what it is. That's for me to um determine when I choose to. Thank you. That's some good tea. Quiet confidence is still confidence. Introverts are some of the most self-aware people on the face of the earth. We got plenty of opportunities to evaluate ourselves, especially because we have so many people who are concerned about our confidence level and let us know that they don't think it's quite where it should be. Here's the thing, though. Which factors are those self-imposed confidence evaluators using to determine whether confidence is present, I mean, present and if it's acceptable at that level? Many times the evaluators link silence or a laid-back disposition with a lack of confidence. This could not be further from the truth. There exists quiet confidence, just as there is nervous, intimidated chatter. Ooh, snap, snap. I feel when I walk through the door, the party has just started. Let's get it. As, oh, oh, I just wanted to read the quote she included from a TED Talk from Susan Cain. Um, There's zero correlation between being the best talker and having the best ideas. While um, she she goes on, this is Nicole. Um, we all have moments in our lives where we'll probably never forget. One of those moments for me happened in college, um, and she was saying, just to be clear, I'm like any other human being who has varying levels of confidence depending on what's going on in my life at that time. People who act like they are beacons of self assurance at all times just may be liars or bad actors. Man, I like it. I can't, I can't say no more. They said everything I needed to say. Yeah, I agree. Seriously. Snap, snap. So whether you're an extrovert or introvert, just be aware of what feels good to you and do what feels good to you. As long as you aren't hurting anybody or hurting yourself, take care of yourself. Be you. Explore what that is. And just be confident in what you are and how you are and if people are questioning that let them question it but continue to do you don't forget to visit us online wherever you follow us on facebook twitter instagram leave us an email um don't forget to rate us five stars tell your families and friends to listen um help us celebrate our one year anniversary as podcasters by sending us a message on Anchor, you can leave a voice message and you might hear yourself on the show. Thanks for listening. This has been Talking Brown Sugar. I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We, we out. out.